Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love. Love at first listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people... It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kiwi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. KFI AM640. You're listening to The John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. <laughs> Everybody can listen to us either on the radio on KFI or... Ooh. On the iHeart app, John and Ken On Demand is the name of the podcast. Gets posted shortly after 4 o'clock, so anything you missed today, you can listen to. All right, again, a bit of the breaking news that came out just before 2 o'clock is that former President Trump went on Truth Social and posted that he believes Jack Smith, the federal prosecutor looking into Trump, will issue an indictment against him at 5 p.m. That's Eastern time, so that's 2 o'clock our time. We don't know yet if that's going to happen but that is what Trump is saying. It would be his second federal indictment and his third criminal indictment overall. That was two weeks ago. He said he got a letter from Smith's team notifying him he was the target of an investigation. So the federal grand jury hears on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and they are hearing today. So I guess it's possible, unless Trump just got a bum uh, Well, the, Well, the news network's... They could have inside knowledge. They're acting as if it is imminent. It's, it's they've happening. Got, yeah. They've got live cameras uh, pointed at the uh, courtroom or at the court, courthouse building. And uh, the grand jury investigating interference has finished for the day. Wow. So 
we'll see. But uh, they're running all the big headlines that he's expected to be indicted today, or at least Trump thinks so. So I don't know right. if they know that it's coming. I mean, they, they must have followed up with their sources to see if it's true. Because I don't think they would just sit here and and uh, carry on just because Trump posted something. I suppose so. So, so we'll again, see. this is a federal indictment, and uh, it deals with the 2020 election. One of Trump's old attorneys, remember Ty Cobb? <laughs> Ty Cobb, yes. <laughs> Hall of Famer. With uh, he's got like founding father head and hair. He batted over four hundred, like the handlebar mustache and the strange receding hairline with the long hair in the back. Mm -hmm. uh, he called Trump a deeply wounded narcissist who acted in a criminal manner to try to overturn the twenty twenty election results. Huh? I guess he's changed his tune on it. Well, lawyers will represent you and <laughs> well, if you leave you where they're being paid, right? If you pay them, they'll say anything. But when uh, you stop paying them, then. Uh... All right, well, we'll keep an eye on that story, and we'll bring you coverage from ABC News if Jack Smith, the prosecutor, has anything to say during our show. Uh, we now turn to today being August 1st. That means that uh, renters in Los Angeles are supposed to pay back uh, the rent that they didn't pay in the first 18 months of the pandemic, which takes us back, of course, March 2020 to September 2021. Covering the story for KFI News is Blake Trolley. Blake, welcome. Hey, guys. Yeah, so with all of this, Mayor Bass has announced resources to help tenants and landlords. But the big focus here seems to be on tenants. The city launched a PR campaign to get the word out long before this deadline. That included radio ads, newspaper ads, and social media to make people aware of resources. The Mayor's Fund, which is essentially a private organization for the Mayor's Agenda, has launched a program that connects people facing eviction with resources, including legal help. That organization has made case management appointments with more than 10,000 people. 10,000? More than 10,000 people. That's according to the mayor's uh, press release I, yesterday, John. I don't understand. They got a break for a year and a half. Why don't they just pay their bill? And we'll get into that because the Apartment Association of Greater L.A., I know you had Daniel Eukelson on yesterday. They are upset with the way the uh, the city's handling this, and, and we'll get into that. The uh, I just want to get through the resources here just so you know we can kind of lay out what's being done for tenants as opposed to landlords. The, uh, the city, county, and others have set up a website for people who are facing eviction to understand renter protection. It also will refer renters to legal resources. And Mayor Bass yesterday held a, uh, a press conference ahead of today uh, being that deadline. Tomorrow, many in our city are facing eviction because of the expiration of certain COVID-19 rental protections. But that is not the headline of today. The headline is that for the first time, the city is taking a coordinated, proactive approach to assisting Angelinos to stay inside. Our message today to Angelinos is clear. Do not self-evict. If you receive a notice, file a response. And most importantly, reach out to the city for support. Well, that's promoting lawlessness here. I mean, if you hadn't paid your rent and the landlord asked you to leave, who is she telling people to? Uh... Well, she said self-evict. I mean, don't do anything until, you know, it becomes a legal situation, I guess. Yeah, but that's that's the that's the proper thing to do when you're not paying your bills anymore. Yeah, you should move out. Go find yeah. a cheaper place to live. I don't understand a public official telling people, go ahead, keep living in a place you're not paying for. Screw that landlord. That's well terrible. 
And we'll get into some of these egregious cases of people not paying their rent, John. But all of the motivation for this action seems to be the homeless number rising. That seems to be the big fear with these evictions. As you guys know, the homeless count was up year over year in L.A. this year. The mayor says she's worried it could happen again. She said that yesterday at the uh, press conference. Uh, Now, the mayor said yesterday she wants to support tenants, but also wants to support small landlords and make sure they don't go under. But Bass yesterday highlighted a proposal. This goes up against a committee tomorrow to use money from that new mansion tax, that luxury real estate tax that we heard about. It was just enacted this year. The investments into tenants far outweigh the landlords. Let's break this down. About $18.5 million would go towards paying up to six months in back rent for tenants. So that would just be money going straight back to landlords uh, for money they're owed. $23 million, so you're already at more than $4 million more, would go to an eviction defense program. Uh, now, in limited cases, the mayor <laughs> says that money would go to paying settlements of back rent. $5.5 million would go to tenant outreach and education, including legal clinics. Education? Point- wait, wait, stop a second. What's to educate? I think you, you this have, is you educate. Have a monthly, ten- you, you have a monthly rental bill? Pay it. You don't have to go to a class. You know, if uh, you're renting something for uh, $1,500, pay the $1,500. You know, I didn't need a class for it, John. Maybe someday. (laughs) I don't remember going to a class on how to pay rent. (laughs) Well, I, I, we're still not through this number. 11 and 11.2 million would go toward an anti-tenant harassment program. So more than twice <laughs> the amount would go to tenants than go to just paying back landlords. I tried to question the mayor about it. Here's that exchange from yesterday. Significantly more money highlighted in this ULA in these ULA dollars that you're asking the city council to allocate are geared towards tenants when only 18 million is geared towards the rental assistance that you're talking about. Why not put all the money into rental assistance and at least try to make them whole as possible? You have to do both. I mean, to address this problem, you need to protect the tenants, but you also need to protect the landlords as well. You know, uh, years ago when Proposition H was passed, I think there were about 14,000 people who were unhoused. We saw an explosion of people who were unhoused why? Because attention was not paid to preventing people no. from falling into homelessness. No. If we're serious about this problem, no. we have to address it comprehensively, it's, it's which you're... means we have to prevent people from falling into homelessness, oh, get Jesus. them off the streets as right. fast as possible, and into permanent stop, housing. Stop. The, 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 they're, all, they're drug addicts. That's why they fell into homelessness. They're drug addicts. And, and the meth and the fentanyl exploded. She, she walks around saying this out loud? That is crazy talk. That's, that, that's completely false. Completely false. It's the drugs that's created this situation. I know you guys had Daniel Eukelson from the Apartment Association oh. of Greater L.A. on the show yesterday. Eukelson says rather than blowing the money on private attorneys, it's time for the city to cover unpaid rent. He says a lot of landlords are still owed yeah. money. And he says the city needs to stop babysitting what he calls adults hey. who have taken advantage of the rent situation. Take a listen to some of these uh, some of these cases Eukelson highlights. In many cases, our organization received evidence of owners being completely taken advantage of by their tenants, tenants who are not paying rent were seen going off to work. Amazon and restaurant food deliveries continued. New cars continued to show up in <laughs> parking spots. And owners who were friends with their tenants on Facebook saw tenants taking expensive vacations while at the same time not paying rent. 
In some of the most egregious cases, tenants were able to bank enough money from rent that they saved to put a down payment on a property of their own. And at the what? same time, rent was difficult to collect. Housing providers were under a strict rent freeze on rent increases in the city of Los Angeles, while costs skyrocketed due to inflation. Imagine, so imagine not paying your rent or your mortgage for three and a half years. Yeah, you'd have a big bundle there that you could lay down as a down payment. I, yeah, know, you know, two, I know two people who got screwed by their by their tenants. One woman was a lawyer, and she wasn't paying her rent. She had two uh, uh, teenagers living with her, and she went to work every day to her law firm, and she wouldn't pay rent to the guy. You know, John, I just moved out of my apartment to back to a, a bedroom, and I think I'm getting on the John Cobill diet now because I've been eating a lot more steak <laughs> just by saving <laughs> by saving about half what I was paying to have my own place. There you go. So, <laughs> it's a very healthy you. diet. You live a long time. <laughs> Our zinc levels are superb. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Blake, thank you very much. All right, thanks, guys. All right, that's Blake Trolley covering, of course, today being August 1st. L.A. renters have to pay about a year and a half's worth of back rent that they owe that has been suspended since the pandemic began in 2020. She should have come out and said, you got a year and a half. You should have banked the savings. That's what you should have done. These people didn't. They bought stuff. They went on vacation. They indulged. They acted irresponsibly like little kids. And and she want and you know that what what Blake said about the uh, the attorneys. How many politically connected attorneys are going to be on this gravy train representing these uh, soon to be evicted deadbeats? God, our whole society is just filled with frauds. Everybody is defrauding, especially the government. All right, more coming up. Johnny Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. In just a few days already, we'll be playing Moist Line Calls. So if you want to be a part of this week's collection, leave your message using the iHeartRadio app, the microphone icon, or call this toll-free number, 1-877-MOIST-86, 1-877-664-7886. Are the networks still on standby for a possible yes. Trump indictment? Yes, they are. They've got their talking heads. They are busy chattering away. Fox Eventually, has... they just start talking in circles because there's nothing new to say, right? There's nothing to say. <laughs> I mean, nothing new other than it's possible the indictment's coming this afternoon. Like I said, they, they must have their own sources saying, yeah, it's coming, because otherwise Trump just commandeered all the news networks to talk in circles and they got a camera pointed at pointed at the courthouse maybe he did that because he thought it'd be funny yeah to have him do his bidding he put something out on uh, truth social that there's an indictment coming at 5 p.m and uh, they all jump he's been doing this for eight years every time he burps they uh do uh blanket coverage saturation coverage yeah they don't cover his rallies like they used to like i saw a story the other day he did a rally and we're actually on his mailing list, so I get sometimes I get ten or fifteen a day. Oh, for, you know, for Trump uh, little screeds. I had to block but, all his emails. <laughs> I was getting overwhelmed. Uh, sometimes I, they're funny. I glance at them because he put somebody down, and he's still got that ability to kind of cut somebody in half with some 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 quick truths. But some of them are just uh, he's just well, railing about the election. He's, still. Just, he's just banging a like a tin tin pot looking for donations. Uh, We were talking about uh, the possibility, uh, we don't know how strong it is, that people who don't pay their back rent that they owed for the first 18 months of the pandemic in Los Angeles could face eviction and they've gone into overdrive uh, to save tenants from falling into homelessness. But you see how they have a fake issue? 
and they use that to scare people and then ask us to pay for it. Not ask us. They told us. Karen Bassetti told us we're going to pay for these people, trying to scare us that they're going to end up on the streets. And you don't want any more people on the streets. Yeah. No. Unless they're drug addicts, they're not going to end up on the streets. And they should have had, they had 18 months to handle this situation. I, I don't. Boy, human behavior is at an all-time high for just complete, I don't give a, a crap, irresponsibility. Just whatever. You pay for it. I'm not working. I'm not paying. Don't bother me. I'm entitled to this uh, to this apartment. You go figure it out. Don't talk to me. Well, uh, we've talked before about the war in California on the single-family home. The El Segundo Times did a front-page story today on a developer who could be your worst nightmare if you like your single-family home community. Uh, he's a man with an interesting name. Uh, Akalesh Ja, J-H-A. He's apparently studied all the codes. Uh, he's an aerospace engineer. He's now turned into a real estate developer. And the project they're highlighting is a seven-story apartment complex he wants to put up in Woodland Hills, in what is known as the Harvard Heights community. He purchased a single-family home property, and then he laid out his plans to build a seven-story building to replace it. 33 they, units. They came back to him and said, there's problems with this. He came back to them and said, oh, you know what? Actually, I want to add an eighth floor. No. And when he laid out his case based on the city's state laws and city zoning codes, they claimed they had nothing they could do but approve his plan. You know what? This guy's acting like a real jerk. He knows the entire neighborhood is against this. He knows that it's going to completely ruin the whole essence of the neighborhood. I mean, I, I saw, you know, the photos and these are, you know, single family ranch style homes. And now he's going to have this monstrous eight story, 33 unit apartment building sitting in the middle of an ordinary block because he found some loophole that allowed him to do it. Uh, and uh, that that is so abusive. That is so mean and nasty. No, well, he wants to make money. Well, you know what? The neighborhood should go into total revolt here. Really, you 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 you've got to you got to fight this guy because this is this is wrong. He he contacted some whack job of the Yimby movement. Yes, in my backyard, and got uh, got some legal help in order to uh, fund a lawsuit against L.A. so that he could uh, build this monstrosity. No, there's going to be a lot more guys with him, like him, if he's a success. In Woodland Hills, he wants to replace a four-bedroom home with an apartment complex of 67 units, seven of which would be reserved for low-income disabled veterans. Well, that, see, that's, that's part of the loophole. If he does that, then the government will let him build the monstrosity. Yep. And, 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 and your entire neighborhood is screwed. In Silmar, he wants to build 40 townhomes on a one-acre site with a single-family home. That's what he's doing there, well, too. You know what? This, this, is where, this is where the city council, somebody, somebody's got to find an emergency way to stop him. This, is a this all started in Sacramento. We told you about those housing bills that, that, that they wrote to let the state take over. Uh, yeah, the zoning the, rules. The zoning rules. It's really complicated. But here's the bottom line. It opened the door for this guy, Ja, 
to uh, when he started this, he couldn't even uh, he couldn't even speak uh, much English. He had to walk around with a dictionary to figure out uh, the word, the all, what all the legal words meant. Yeah, I guess he just figured out uh, his niche here. But you're right; this has to be stopped. What I mean, a couple of the people on the, on the on the commission said they didn't like this, but they couldn't do anything but approve it. Samantha Millman is a planning commissioner, and he she said that this building is a middle finger to the community. And it's a reference both to Jaws' attitude towards his neighbors and the visual of an 89-foot-tall structure lording over the one, two, and three-story buildings nearby. So you're going to have an 89-foot-tall apartment monster right in the middle of an ordinary residential neighborhood in Woodland Hills. That's what we feared. Uh, and, of course, one of the reasons he got away with this, too, is that it's supposedly close to mass transit. Well, I think that was the one in uh, Koreatown's yeah. building. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that, that's the they, they created like these <sighs> fake. Um, it, it, it created the loopholes. Right. It allowed him to do it if he's near if, if he's near mass transit, for example. Right. It's it's. it's but well, we told everybody it's, that it's, that was the idea behind some of these bills they were trying to pass is that uh, you could get it done if you were close enough to some sort of a transit hub, which, hub, which might mean just a see, bus stop or something. See, and the way this is worded so misleadingly, it says he's not plopping the buildings in the middle of subdivisions. The projects are all within about a half mile of a major freeway with other multifamily housing businesses nearby. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. A half a mile is a long distance. He is plopping it in a subdivision. Just because there's a highway a half mile away doesn't mean it is in sync with the uh, neighborhood architecture. You see the the way they the way they uh, designed the definition. Oh, it's 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 it did not it's not plopped in the middle of a subdivision. Well, yes, it is because what you're talking about is a half mile away. That's a long way. That's a ten minute walk. All right, we will return. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. 
And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. As you heard during Deborah's news, uh, Trump has been indicted by the special counsel, Jack Smith, for the January 6th events. I see uh, one reporter on Fox holding up the indictment to the camera, and there's four charges. And as soon as we get a printout, we'll read you what the official charges are. Uh, hmm. But It's uh, funny because CNN was reporting that it's sealed. Hmm. Well, it got unsealed. <laughs> I guess so. This is 15 minutes ago. A judge agreed to seal the indictment returned by the grand jury hearing evidence in now, the case of, to overturn the 2020 election. Now he's reading through it now. Oh. And uh, with the exact wording. He was just referring to something on the last page, and he held up the front page for the camera. So, right. So it's, it's leaked. It's out. Well, two weeks ago, Trump said he got a letter from this Jack Smith that's a special counsel behind this <clears throat> informing them that uh, that he could face charges and uh, some of the uh, criminal charges would include uh, conspiracy to commit an offense against or to defraud the United States tampering with a witness uh, pertaining to the deprivation of rights okay and let me see here yeah. some of the detail we knew about would involve you know that false elector story that was uh, running about. And supposedly this indictment is not only about the 2020 election, but events leading to and including up to the January 6th takeover of the U.S. Capitol. So uh, I don't know if that's going to be on this too, but. The charges include willful retention of national defense information, conspiracy to obstruct justice, and false statements. Hmm. And... Uh, Or is or is that is is that the uh, Mar-a-Lago case? This is kind yes, of yes. You have to you have to be careful when you read some of these. Yeah, hold uh, on. I know it just handed to me, and I think, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. This the opening paragraph for some reason referred referred to the Mar-a-Lago charges. Yeah, uh, this yeah, Trump is all right. I have something from the New York Times: conspiracy to defraud the United States, conspiracy to threaten the rights of others, a conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding before Congress, and obstruction of obstruction of an official proceeding 
I would imagine that last two was dealing with their certification of the election results on January 6th. That's when the electors from each state were to be certified by Mike Pence, and then they would do an official tabulation of the uh, for the Electoral College. Right, and what Trump is. was trying to do was have states submit new slates of electors who would vote differently for him instead of Joe Biden. Here is the exact. Trump has been charged with four crimes. One count of conspiracy to violate rights. One count of conspiracy to defraud the government. One count of obstructing an official proceeding and conspiring to do so. Convictions on the first two could carry a sentence up to five years in prison each. The obstruction charge carries up to 20 years. So there you go. So there's four counts there. One thing... One thing that's lost with, because everybody focused on the violence, understandably, right? Because that was such such crazy video going on, is that the charges against Trump here have to do with the uh, that that uh, that legal procedure getting interfered with. You know, when 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 all the electors come together and the, or the representatives from the states come together and they go through a ceremony. That's been going on for hundreds of years, which is the official certification of the electors. And that's one of the few roles that a vice president has under our system yeah. is that he's in, he's in charge of the official uh, declaration. Well, so we know it's, it's, it's that it's that assembly that got so terribly disrupted, which has led to these crimes or being charged. And he, he really wanted Pence to do something. And Pence, of course, vice president was. President of the Senate as the vice president, and apparently Trump insisted Pence could do something to overturn that certification by Congress. Remember that whole ordeal there? Yeah. And he was very upset that Pence didn't stand up and do something to stop that. Well, so I don't know if that's involved Trump, in these Trump charges. Trump was getting or... advised by somebody we had on the show a number of times, John Eastman, who is the law professor out of uh, Chapman. Chapman University. Yeah. And he uh, told Trump. And, you know, it was a complicated scheme on how you could get around. You know, they, they were looking for loopholes in the Constitution. And, you know, uh, uh, Eastman thought he had cracked it, right? Yes. He, he's the one who laid out the roadmap. And, of course, Trump bought into it because Trump was looking for, if at all possible, a legal way to get the presidency back. And... Uh, I don't know if they ever charged Eastman. I don't think they did, but I know that was being talked about for a while. Uh, and, and, and since then, Congress has like narrowed the loopholes a little so that nobody could make that interpretation anymore. Right. In, in the law, because the law, the last law that they wrote on this was from 1887. And it, it just never came up before. And, and that's the trouble with a lot of laws written in the 1700s and the 1800s. You know, just such a dramatically different world and such stilted language they used that there there were loopholes that somebody like Trump and attorneys could ex try to exploit at least. So this is now the third time Trump has been criminally indicted. Uh, he was just charged in that classified documents case in June by the same guy, Jack Smith. And then the Manhattan Grand Jury charged him with that business fraud case back in March. We also know that in Georgia, they're looking at the possible uh, case against Trump, dealing with trying to change uh, the outcome in that state. Well, the district attorney down there says they, they've got their their work done. And, I heard that. And yeah. it's, it's going to be announced sometime this month. 
but they're working on security measures because they're afraid being down in Georgia that there could be you know some kind of violent eruption from the Trump supporters. So they're being very cagey as to exactly. They, they just said sometime between now and the 1st of September. What does this mean? Probably nothing for next year, even though we're going to have to figure out when these trials are and how they line up versus the process of uh, picking a Republican presidential nominee. But we've seen the polls that have come out this week, and there is definitely a staunch faction in the Republican Party that wants Trump and no one else. What was it, 37%, John? 37%. No one else. So they, right. they don't believe any of the charges, and there's absolutely nothing that could get them to vote for anyone else. And as far as we know, there's nothing legally that would keep him from continuing his presidential run, right? No. He, he could even serve from prison if he yes he, sentenced he, by he, next year. He could be president from prison. Then he could pardon himself? Every time I hear that discussion legal people say, I don't know. <laughs> one of those things no one thought about. Never came up before, you know, when the uh, founding fathers were writing the Constitution. So so this is one of these deals where people who really hate Trump and have hated him all along are excited and we're finally going to get him. And people who love Trump are like, eh, you know, it's all corrupt. Right. They didn't like the outcome of the election. It, Trump was the winner and uh, who cares? Well, it's a complete loss of faith in the whole system. There's some people in the middle who kind of shrug at both sides. And <laughs> like, oh, my God. And, of course, oh, I do have it here. Trump was just railing uh, with his latest email that he put out about the the, the corrupt Bidens. Yeah. He even brought up well, the Nazis, John, in this latest email I'm looking at. Nazis. Good. Yeah. It says here Biden and his supporters are reminiscent of Nazi Germany in the 1930s. Also the former <laughs> Soviet Union and other author authoritarian dictatorial regimes. <laughs> See, once you, Trump has always followed the law and the Constitution. Once, you, once your argument goes to Nazis, you got nowhere else to go. Like tomorrow, that's, you can't compare him to anything worse. Right, well, he threw in the communists, too. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty clear uh, Biden and his son were running their own criminal organization. So this is what we have running for president here. <laughs> you know, choice. if you're clear thinking, obviously. You Did know, you see today's poll results? They are completely locked. Uh, they're, they're splitting the vote almost exactly yeah, according I, to the latest polls. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people will sit out, but, uh, well, even if only one person votes, you only have to win by one. That's right. Uh, oh yeah. He put out, wow. He's putting out a bunch of statements. Jack Smith's election interference. You see, he's, he's, in, he's mm -hmm. interfering in the 2024 election. now. Right. The Bidens have made millions saying, selling access to the Chinese communist party, Ukraine and other foreign nations. Joe Biden has now weaponized the Department of Justice to act as a shield to cover up his crimes. Oh, it's a good one. All right, we'll have more as we find it out. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. I have the indictment. It's in front of me here. Want me to spend the next hour reading it? or? Sure. Uh, CNN just posted it. A federal grand jury has indicted former President Trump and special counsel Jack Smith's investigation into efforts to overturn the 2020 election leading up to the January 6th, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol. By the way, we understand that Smith is going to make some kind of statement. He's the special counsel at uh, 3 p.m. our time. So we'll pick up that coverage for as long as it uh, is interesting. Uh it starts off by saying who Trump was, 45th president of the United States. Despite having lost, the defendant was determined to remain in power. 
So for more than two months following Election Day on November 3rd, 2020, the defendant spread lies that there had been outcome determinative fraud in the election and that he had actually won. These claims were false. The defendant knew they were false. The defendant repeated and widely disseminated them anyway to make his knowingly false claims against legitimate or to appear legitimate, create his intense national atmosphere of mistrust and anger and erode public faith in the administration of the election. See, some of that, though, when I read that paragraph, it just sounds like uh, sort of a free speech thing. Yeah, well, they say and that. And that says that the president has a right, the defendant has a right, like every American, to speak publicly about the election and even to claim falsely that there had been outcome determinative fraud during the election that he had won. He's also entitled to formally challenge the results of the election through lawful and appropriate means, like seeking recounts or audits of the popular vote. Indeed, in many cases, the defendant did pursue these methods. His efforts to change the outcome in any state through recounts, audits, or legal challenges were uniformly unsuccessful. Remember, he went to court 60 times, and all 60 times he lost trying to prove some kind of fraud in various states. So and then they say he pursued unlawful means. The first is conspiracy to defraud the United States by using dishonesty, fraud, and deceit to impair, obstruct, and defeat the lawful federal government function by which the results of the presidential election are collected, counted, and certified by the federal government. And then a conspiracy to corruptly obstruct and impede the January 6th congressional proceeding in which the collected results of the presidential election are counted and certified. And finally, a conspiracy against the right to vote and to have one's vote counted. And they mentioned the U.S. laws that were violated. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how many people on the uh, inside at the White House it will testify, if it gets that far, about what Trump knew and thought. Because I saw some discussion on one of the channels today that there were a number of people on his staff who said he knew he lost, like privately. He was quite aware. Like, he was doing this on purpose to create this this public storm to create some kind of climate where you know he could be reinstalled as president so there you know much like in the dominion case with fox the fox hosts knew that what trump and his associates were selling were false but they were trying to pander to their viewers they were afraid they'd lose their viewers to another network so uh, there was a, there's a, there was a, there was a lot of people publicly faking it in order to try to enrich themselves in one way or the other. See if you know who these people are. Co-conspirators. Co-conspirator one, an attorney who was willing to spread knowingly false claims and pursue strategies that the defendant's 2020 re-election campaign attorneys would not. Hmm. Could that be Giuliani? Or is it that, could be see, Giuliani. And or could John be Eastman. Sidney Powell. Oh, Sidney Powell. Co-conspirator two is, is an attorney who devised and attempted to implement a strategy to leverage the vice president's ceremonial role overseeing the certification proceeding to obstruct the certification of the presidential election. Now, was that the John Eastman thing that he could be? Oh, by the way, there's like there's six co-conspirators. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, you know, uh, probably Giuliani would be in there. I would guess. And, and I think Sydney you're right Powell. about Sidney Powell. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, because John Eastman is probably one. They of They were out people. there publicly, and I just saw the other day that Giuliani had to admit in another court. That what he was selling was was nonsense. Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah. there was there was a, there was another case where he had to like raise the flag and admit that uh, he was full of it. They did, you know, they did this knowingly. I mean, that's what's 
really bizarre. It's not these people were misinformed or they were blinded by, you know, some some political uh, agenda they were on. They actually knew it was factually wrong. They just wanted to see if they could pull it off. Co-conspirator 4 is a Justice Department official who worked on civil matters and attempted to use the Justice Department to open sham election crime investigations and influence state legislators. I'm not sure who that is. Obviously, William Barr, who was the attorney general, was not not a part of this, as far as I no. can see. He was not really uh, too happy with what Trump was doing. Co-conspirator 5 is another attorney who assisted in devising and attempting to implement a plan to submit fraudulent slates of presidential electors. We've talked about that. We don't know who that attorney is yet for sure. And co-conspirator six, a political consultant who helped implement the plan to submit fraudulent slates of presidential electors to obstruct the certification well, proceeding. Well, those, now, are those six going to be charged? It doesn't say. It just lists them as co-conspirators. It doesn't say indicted or unindicted. Right. Yep, it just mentions them as co-conspirators in the case. So maybe they will be charged in a separate uh, indictment. Uh, they're going to have gigantic legal bills if they actually get indicted. Right. <laughs> These people are going to get sunk. Right. And then it goes to the manner and means of the case. Basically, it was about trying to change the election results and change electoral votes for the defendant. And there you go. That's uh, the big part of the case. So we're expecting, we believe, a statement from Jack Smith, who of course, is the special counsel that's behind this indictment of former President Trump that just came out this hour. So we'll pick up whatever he has to say if it comes up soon. It's scheduled for 6 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock our time. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. And Deborah Mark, live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. Hey, you've been listening to The John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday, and, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts do you love selena like really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to Stan, the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. 
We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.